aside from all that, I, I vividly remember like rock bottom point where I had been using a juice container <laughs> to pee into because the toilet was at the other end of the house and somehow I, a three quarter filled jug of my own urine decided to have a minor time. Hi, my name is Rafi Dahl and I'm the founder of Balanced Blokes. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Finding the Middle, where I aim to assist you with just that. Topics discussed in these podcast episodes will be informative and funny, hopefully, but there are, may also be quite heavy topics from time to time. There will also be experiences that I and others will share that may impact you in a way that may feel uncomfortable. So please take care of yourself after listening and try to reflect deeply on what comes up for you. Okay, that should cover me for any serious backlash because I've got some juicy stuff to share. And if any stories do sound familiar, uh, they're not. Now, Balanced Blokes is a mental health project that I started that aims to help blokes understand their own psychological well-being and use that knowledge to help navigate through life's challenges. Since starting this project in 2021, I've often pondered how to accurately convey what Balanced Blokes is to others in a concise way without letting them down a rabbit hole filled with mental health jargon and just nonsense. Truthfully, I think I've been vague about the whole concept myself until recently, and hopefully I can provide a detailed understanding to those of you who are listening. As I was creating this episode, I was in quite a deep, um, depressive episode myself. My anxious thoughts had been extremely overwhelming. There was also this sense of dread about everything coming in the future, and I was really struggling to enjoy the things that usually bring me that joy. Yet the difference between now and 2019, Raf, is that I can identify why I'm feeling this way. I've shared quite a few things openly on social media, but for those that don't know and are new to the podcast, in the space of a few months in late 2019, I had a breakdown of my incredibly toxic relationship. I had a falling out with my close friend and business partner and consequently ended that partnership as well. I tore my ACL completely off the bone. That's a funny story now, horrific at the time. I was also 110 kilograms. And for context, I'm 92 kilograms now. I moved out of my girlfriend's place at the time uh, and back with my dad, who was also struggling significantly with his own mental health. And it seemed like my full-time job as a self-employed DJ was all I had left to cling to. And, th and then the virus hit. <laughs> there are not enough words in the English language to describe the pit of despair I was in, sitting in my bed within my dad's Carlton North townhouse after my surgery. I honestly didn't think life could get any better and I thought I would be extreme, just eternally broken mentally and physically. I had sleep paralysis nightmares regularly of my ex-girlfriend in demon form trying to suffocate me, to scream crying in the hallway, to my dad and nearly passing out because it was just so, such an intense experience. It was just a result of built up frustration and, and major depression. Aside from all that, I, I vividly remember like rock bottom point where I had been using a juice container <laughs> to pee into because the toilet was at the other end of the house. And somehow I, a three quarter filled jug of my own urine decided to have a mind of its own slip out of my hand and R. Kelly all over my stomach, chest and bed sheets. I had to then let my parents know about the piss situation via text and remain soaked in my own penile fluids until mum arrived at the house. As a 23 year old with an already fractured relationship with his mother, having her pressure me to put new undies on instead of uh, 
me being able to do it myself was something I've tried to really repress. Just prior to that rock bottom point, I'd started seeing a psychologist semi-regularly for the first time, and I didn't realize then, but that was the start of this massive impactful journey that I'm on now. The lowest point in my life uh, would uncover the fuel and an incredible passion for helping others with their own mental health journey and making sure that even if rock bottom is reached, it doesn't mean the end. But Raf, how can you run a mental health organization when you yourself are depressed and anxious? That is exactly the reason why I'm perfect for this space and I'm why I'm aiming to help others struggling with this same issue and the same issues I'm, I'm dealing with. I'm in it, I'm dealing with it, I'm navigating through it so that others can see a pathway too. I've revolved my whole life around being curious about the mind of human beings because that passion is what kept, has kept me on this earth. So a little bit of background about me. I currently study a graduate diploma of psychology at the University of Melbourne with the hopes of becoming an actual psychologist. The coordinator of one of my subjects within the course, Dr. Chris Groot, who actually started as a SEAL trainer at the Melbourne Zoo, which I think is awesome, studying behaviour, revolved a large portion of the subject around reducing the public stigma around mental health within Australia. In doing my own research for the subject, I stumbled across an extensive meta-analysis by Pettigrew and Tropp in 2006 of 713 independent samples from 515 different studies. That is a lot, which found that a direct line of communication between people with lived experience of mental health issues and those without a disorder is the most effective way to reduce public stigma of mental health. I also just finished working for the Australian Psychological Society, uh, where I gained a deeper understanding of the broader implications of psychology on our population, as well as having daily, incredibly enriching conversations with registered professionals within a variety of different corners in the field. I've also spent tens of thousands of dollars on therapy, self-help material, books and content that has helped me understand myself better. Combine all this with my empathetic nature and sensitive disposition, I believe it is the perfect cocktail for what I'm aiming to do with Balanced Blokes. It hit me recently that I'm very good at serving others in this way. It comes naturally to me, so much so that when I was having a conversation with someone recently who I felt extremely uncomfortable with, my questions gravitated to personal quite quickly. And then they got on the defensive by saying, are you trying to psychoanalyze me, Raph? I was really taken aback by that answer and I didn't even realize I was making extremely personal questions to them. But very easy to ask and answer those questions for myself. This person didn't talk to me for the rest of the walk back to our location. Even though we were really, they were in a position that under normal societal expectations would require them to keep conversing in that interaction. In that interaction, I gained enough important information anyway, in that some individuals just cannot handle getting deeper than surface level without the proper conditions or even ever, and that's okay. So yes, I was, you dick, and you gave me an answer anyway. So hopefully by now you have some information to contradict your perception of a preachy 26-year-old who has started another Talking With Du Bois podcast. I think it is also important to note that I no longer smell like piss and I make a conscious effort every single day not to urinate on myself. Finding the middle was started because I, and more importantly, those very close to me in my life were unable to understand and process their emotions after significant life events severely impacted their mental health. That understanding is a huge key to navigating through those issues 
and what I'm aiming to help others with through all of my events, content and conversations. I think an important connection to make is that there are things in life that genuinely come out of nowhere. And without the tools or support around you, it can be extremely isolating and create a lot of fear. There have been people in my life recently that after years of being in a loving relationship have had their spouse end it abruptly due to a lack of connection. More often than not, this unfortunately comes as a shock because there has been an absence of tuning into each other for months or even years and not asking the appropriate questions to get to the core of what may be shifting internally for the both of them. Then when a pressure cooker of a situation comes along, like moving in together, kids, marriage, new job, this internal shifting has to go somewhere. And much like tectonic plates that you learned about in school, this can either erupt as externalization, like I can't live with you anymore, had enough, or bury deeper as internalization. It's like fine, okay, I don't wanna talk about it. Imagine this scenario. You're with your partner for many, many years and out of nowhere, they stop you and they say, I can't do it anymore. Just imagine that. Whether you have a partner or you don't, just imagine that scenario. Your partner might as well have just squeezed your sack hard enough to pop out your testicles, cut out your heart, and then blend them together all in front of you. A horrifying image, I'm sure, but that's the sort of impact that can have. And in a metaphorical sense, it is very accurate. In that moment, your manhood is stripped away from you. All the elements you have created to build this fortress of what a man should be, in society's expectations, is now crumbling right before your eyes, while simultaneously experiencing the instant grief of losing an intimate partner who you thought was going to be with you forever and is also one of your greatest emotional supports, or only support in some cases. Raf, all you've done here is bring up crap that I've tried to forget and now I'm depressed again. Why have you done this? Well, my little traumatized cherub, the first step to understanding your own emotions is bringing your attention to them. Then you can use tools or concepts you have learned to help you deal with them in healthy ways. A beautiful modern example of this is the new Netflix documentary Stuts, where Jonah Hill interviews his psychiatrist whilst indirectly sharing vulnerable conversations in a valuable attempt to provide a window into what therapy looks like. I'll dive more into this documentary in future episodes as personally it is one of the most pivotal pieces of content that I've seen in years and hopefully reduces some of the stress around experiencing emotions. Losing someone close to you or the potential of loss is another aspect of life that is inevitable but always still comes up at the worst of times. Grief has an uncanny ability to affect a lot of people at once in a very similar way and can often get us to reflect deeply upon our own lives. I experienced the strength of this reflection specifically when I did my first ever school talk uh, a few months ago to a group of 50 year 11 and year 12 boys about mental health. It was a full on experience and being a public school, they could definitely sniff out the private school boy in me as soon as I entered the room. And I was bloody nervous, especially since the last time I stepped into a public school was for a blue light disco at Berwick High and my cool gelled my hawk didn't stop a kid from yelling out faggot as I walked into the sports hall with my mate. That was and still is incredibly traumatic, but something I'll unpack in another episode. 
it was extremely evident that there was little understanding of mental health among the boys, which is completely okay, but still quite shocking. A lot of them didn't know what anxiety was. When Andrew Tate was mentioned by the group, all the boys started getting excited and the majority of the 50 said that they thought he was, quote, sick. Uh, internally, I was like, what the fuck? However, when I delved a bit deeper, a lot of them were actually just frightened. Frightened of who they needed to be, uh, frightened of not being enough, and frightened of connection. Uh, interestingly, when I asked the group who was in a relationship, only three of them put up their hands. And only one of that three um, said they still liked Andrew Tate. When I probed even more, I found that there was a significant amount of stress around loss in the group. There was one young man with slicked back hair who sat in the very front and was very open to the group about how he was scared to lose his nana to a progressive cancer. I thanked him for his openness because sharing something like that in front of your mates is never easy, especially in a public setting. We then pivoted the conversation together and asked him what helps him deal with the stresses in his life. He smiled ear to ear and replied with working on my car with my dad and not realizing how much time goes by. It was a really special moment to see him light up like that. And then a few of the other boys eagerly put up their hands to agree with their mate. What my aim was during that talk, and even now through this podcast and everything that I'm trying to do, is that it is not weak for a man to be in touch with his feelings or open up about difficulties in their life. But podcasters, self-help gurus, and myself can say this until the end of time. Yet we now understand that the generational programming for a man has wired the brains of young men to still tough it out alone and push everything aside internally. As someone who promotes vulnerability and places importance on understanding their own emotions, I still get to extremely low point, points and keep things to myself. I still do those things. It is a journey and expecting to reach a point of feeling mentally fixed is impossible because perfection isn't real. There will be life events that rock you to your core when you least expect it. And not processing the difficult emotions can fester into the bigger picture issues we see today. Family violence, narcissism, and also men that think that they can take whatever they want. What has helped me throughout my life stresses has been learning. Like the knowledge of being bedridden for two weeks after losing a loved one isn't depression. It's a natural discourse from a significant life event like that. Also doing the things I'm passionate about, like this podcast, and having a solid support network too. When I finished the public school talk, I had a couple of students say to the teacher it was a waste of time, and it was definitely a big blow to the ego for sure. Although that is exactly what finding the middle is about. Not everyone needs this pathway because that may not be their middle. The goal of a psychologist or anyone trying to help the mental health of others is to make sure that they're supporting their client to become content internally and externally without outright telling them what they should do. Those young men eventually will have stresses in their life that will come up for them when they don't expect it. And that is when the pathway, this pathway specifically will become important for them. But force feeding them vulnerability will only result in it thrown back up in your face. I cannot help everyone, but my mission is to help those who felt as lost as I did. Those who don't understand why their external world seems fantastic, but internally they are still suffering. Those who know they are not balanced and want to make a change because I'm right there with you. And I'm trying to do the same. After feeling a bit deflated about the disinterested students, 
I had one year 11 boy come up to me privately at the end and open up to me about wanting to take his life earlier that year. After talking a bit more together, he remained hopeful about his passion to become a secondary school teacher. And that is why this podcast is important to me because it's my way of helping a brave bastard like that. Right, I have a way with words, don't I? Really know how to pull on your heartstrings. A modern day Shakespeare, if you will. Even so, my aim with this podcast is not only to make you giggle, cry or open incognito mode on your browser if that's your, uh, why you're engaging with my content, you know, you do you. It's to provide you with some perspective on where to begin your own journey finding the middle. There'll be conversations, anecdotes, tools, links, resources, and anything in between shared on this podcast that will hopefully give you the same light bulb moment that I had years ago. When I received a piece of paper from a psychologist in 2019 that accurately described the diagnosis of someone extremely close to me, it was like the wall had been pulled off my eyes and I felt understood for the first time. All the past interactions started to make sense and feeling envious of those who had typical interactions didn't come with waves of guilt anymore. I can safely say that if I hadn't had that turning point, I wouldn't be here today. That is what I want you to think about in your life right now. As you may have not had the aha moment or moments, you've needed to push you in a direction that you want to be in. Previously, I believed that vulnerability was the only way. However, everyone's different and peace comes from whatever balance means to you. If you haven't been happy for a long time, have you ever really thought about why? Or if you're earning six figures plus and yet you're still miserable, have you ever considered a different pathway? On another note, some interesting takeaways from the animal kingdom are that there's a female brachyoid wasp that finds a caterpillar to caterpillar, sorry, to lay its eggs inside the body of the caterpillar as well as a virus at the same time. So its young can utilize the dying carcass for food. It's sick. Lions are known to kill only when they are hungry. However, tigers are also known to kill for sport. They love the hunt and many humans have been found mauled in their habitats. Orca whales, in another example, have been known to play with their prey before eating it, which involves a seriously gory version of Antarctic volleyball. We may not like it, but these are all examples of natural occurrences in life. And when compared to humans, our problems can seem really trivial. However, there are horrible occurrences in our, in our human lives that still biologically trigger us like there is a tiger chasing us through the jungle. Neurochemically, we have not evolved quickly enough to be able to tell the difference through our body chemistry. We then need to counteract this imbalance through self-awareness and modern research within psychology and biology. We are not just our mind and we are not just our body. We are a beautiful hybrid of the two and whatever your tiger is, there is a way of managing it. Through this podcast, I hope that you can engage with the content in a meaningful way. And the best way to do that is by having a conversation about it with those close to you. If something mentioned makes you uncomfortable, try to lean into it and ask yourself why. If something resonates, you can make your own interpretation of the episode. Or if you think a friend could really get use out of the content, share it with them in a non-judgmental way, of course. Telling your mate he's being a fuckwit and then to listen to my podcast is not exactly what I mean, but I appreciate you sharing it nonetheless. Finding the Middle will hopefully have 12 episodes coming out this year. Uh, that's my goal that I've put online. 
and they will be a contribution of short form solo content like this episode and conversations with interesting guests as well. Every episode will have you, the listener, in mind and the content will be aimed to help you reflect on what your definition of middle is. I'm not trying to tell you what to do and I'm certainly not trying to be a healthy adult role model in your life because that is ultimately what you need to discover on your own. I'm also in the exact same position as you. I have blood running through my veins and I sit down to piss. I mean, I, uh, I breathe the same air as you do. I still feel lost and lack motivation at the best of times. But what I'm trying to accept are the beautiful natural abilities that I possess. Vulnerability, sensitivity and empathy. These are parts of myself that I've hated for a very long time because with them has come a variety of traumatizing life experiences and self-hatred that has really hindered me from enjoying all life has to offer. So this podcast will encapsulate how I'm slowly becoming accepting of those qualities and hopefully whatever has been difficult to accept for you can become your greatest strength as well. If you've made it to the end, I seriously thank you for listening to the episode and I hope you're able to gain something from it. Any feedback is greatly appreciated and feel free to message the Balanced Bloke socials to discuss anything further. It'd also be amazing if you could please leave a review and if you think that someone else could benefit from finding the middle, every share helps my mission grow. Take care of yourself and keep an eye out for the next episode coming soon.